God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby left in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb left for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent away the rich empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, then returned home. Last week began the season of Advent, a season that we talked about is marked by expectation and anticipation and longing. It's a season that connects the past with the present and the future, because Advent gives us the opportunity to look back and share in the ancient longing of the Jewish people for the coming of the Messiah. But it also has us looking forward in longing and anticipation of our Savior's return. Advent is a celebration of both a hope fulfilled and a hope yet to be completed. And it's that hope that we're going to look at this morning. We're in an Advent series called Christmas Stories, where we look at the people closest to Jesus at the time of his birth and discover that the message there for us in those stories. Last week, we looked at Joseph. We saw a story of courage. Joseph was an example of courage because despite everything that he was facing, the world's derision, he chose to do the right thing. He chose to remain obedient to God. 
He fought past his doubts and his fears and remained obedient to the Lord. And today, we're going to look at Mary's story, because in Mary's story, we find hope. Now, if you look up the word hope in a dictionary, you're going to find definitions like a feeling of what you want to happen, a feeling that things will turn out for the best, a feeling of positive expectations, feeling, feeling, feeling. And so we hear things that, oh, I hope it doesn't rain on our picnic. I hope there isn't a lot of traffic on the way to work today. I hope my kids remembered their homework for school today. Do you notice a theme? All of those hopes, the worldly hope, those are all based on uncertainty. Those are all based on our lack of control. They're based on our doubts. We hope for things that may or may not happen. But what we find in Jesus, we find in him a hope that's a guarantee, a sure thing. Our hope in God's kingdom isn't an I know so. It's an I know so rather than a maybe so. That's the kind of hope that we need. Let's look at God's word. What does God's word say about hope? Psalm 62, 5. My soul waits in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. Psalm 147, 11. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not be faint. Romans 15, 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. See, in scripture, the words for hope and trust are used interchangeably because they're both founded in and built upon God. Because hope is from God, hope is of God, it's based upon God. And so for the follower of Christ, hope is a confidence. It's an assurance of God's work. It's a fulfillment of his promises. And that's the kind of hope we see in Mary's story. We're first introduced to Mary as the angel Gabriel addresses her. He addresses her as highly favored, telling her, the Lord is with you. And Mary is surprised, and she's afraid. And so Gabriel tells her, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. Then he tells her God's plan, a seemingly impossible plan. What? I'm going to become pregnant but remain a virgin? How is this possible? And then the angel explains that she will conceive by the Holy Spirit. See, in the midst of our questions and our doubts, do you ever hope that God would just tell you the plan? Send you an email, maybe? Give you that clear message across the sky that says, okay, here's the plan. We tend to think that if we just knew what the plan was, 
everything would be so much easier if we just knew. But in most cases, it's better that we don't know. Even in Mary's case, she doesn't know what the full plan is. She just knows a little piece of it. She doesn't know what the whole future ahead looks like. See, like most people in that day, they didn't understand really what the Savior was. They were expecting their Savior to be a worldly king that was going to come and overthrow the Roman rule and they would have freedom. That wasn't God's plan. And Mary didn't have that plan. She didn't know that part of the plan. But yet she still had to hold on to the hope. She still had the hope of Emmanuel, God with us. Remember, for generations, the Jewish people, they knew that the Messiah was coming. Mary knew about the prophecy foretelling the Messiah. Because Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And we'll call him Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne. In cover over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the seal of Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The angel has told Mary, a teenager at the time, that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah. Do you remember when you were 13, 14? That idea, mother of the Messiah, that's terrifying for an adult. Never mind a teenager, if you remember what you were like. As a teenager, did you plan, you had grandiose plans for your future. But Mary says to the angel, okay, okay. She's facing huge hardship. Her entire world has been turned upside down. And she says to the Lord, Okay, may it be done according to your will. She could be stoned for what was about to take place. We're talking real stones. We're talking real pain, real death that she was facing. At the very least, she was facing gossip, derision, being ostracized from the only people she ever knew. But she could say okay to the Lord because that's where her hope was. She knew she couldn't do any of this on her own, but only through the Lord because anything is possible through the Lord. When he's working, as we heard in our God stories today, when God moves, you know it. And that's our hope. And Mary knew it. So she could say, okay, Lord, may your will be done. And so she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth to see 
The angel told me she was pregnant. I must go see, is she really pregnant? Now, have you ever prayed about a situation, prayed about wisdom, looking for direction from God, and then he delivered that answer through another person? I'm not talking about looking for advice or or looking for validation for a choice you want to make when you know it's probably not the right choice. But somebody actually speaking into your situation with godly wisdom in a way that you know it could only come from God. There's a, a, a great evangelist, George Mueller, in Germany years back. And he prayed a lot. He never let any human know of his needs. He had an orphanage. He had over 10,000 orphans over the year. And he never once asked for a single penny. He asked the Lord, but he never asked another human being for another cent. And the God, the God that we serve always provided exactly what he needed. There's a one story where they got up in the morning and they had no bread for the children, no milk for the children. And so George Mueller goes in his prayer chamber and he prays, Lord, you know what we need. You know what we need. There comes a knock on the door. There's a milk truck out in front of the orphanage. The truck just died. The milkman says, I need to get this milk off my truck. If, it, if I can't give it to you, then it's just going to sour and go bad. Wow. And then a bakery truck comes by. Same deal. They knock on the door. They say, we have all this extra bread. It wasn't the, the client that we had made it for has refused it. Can you use it? Wow. Wow. I'll give you one more illustration. This one's more personal. I've been doing prayer walks around this property, praying for, for, for direction, praying for wisdom, praying for this community, praying for revival, praying for God to move here. And as I've been doing this, one of my prayer days, God said to me, he said, you need to move here. I said, but I don't want to move here. He said, I'd like my house. He said, but you're too far away. You're 30 minutes away. You cannot minister the way I need you to minister to a community here from there. You need to move here. And I said, but I don't want it. And I kept arguing. And every time I would circle around, he would, he would remind me of that prayer. And I was in an argument with God. I said, I don't want to. I like my place. That's where I raised my family. That's where I want, you know, I, it's, that's a big job to move. And so I, I told nobody. I told not a single person, not even my husband, because I said, I, I'm not moving. <laughs> that's, not, that's not my plan. God, I don't really think that's your plan either. You'll see. And then a couple weeks ago, I was meeting with uh, Pastor Dee Mueller. If you remember, she had come down to visit us. And we were sitting in a Starbucks down the road, and we were talking, and, and I was just sharing with her God's vision for, for us being in this community and 
all the things that, and, and I was just going on and on and on and sharing all this exciting stuff. And she looked at me across the table. So when are you moving here? Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. I looked at her. I said, how did you know? She goes, oh, she goes, God's put a fire in you, and there's a sparkle in your eye. You can't run away from this. She goes, you have to move here because God told you to. How did you know that? I told nobody. I didn't even tell my husband, and you knew that. And that's what Mary is about to experience here. When Elizabeth talks to her, this is what happens. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Elizabeth recognizes God has spoken to her and said, here, this is what's going on. And so she shares it with Mary. Mary hasn't said a word other than hi. And she knows the whole story. Wow. It just further proves God's faithfulness to Mary. It firms up her hope and causes her to go into a song of praise and faith. Oh, because of her hope in the Lord. If you take her story right there, and you go back to earlier in chapter 1, when the angel comes before Zechariah. Zechariah had been, and Elizabeth had been childless for years. You might even say that Zechariah had lost hope in God's plan, that he would ever have a child. And so when that angel appeared to Zechariah, and the angel says, you will have a child, you will have a son. Not just a child, but a prophet. Zechariah responds with, really? How's that going to happen? He responds with doubt. He's lost his hope. And so he becomes silent for nine months until that son is born. Mary never lost hope. Her hope remained firmly set upon the promises of God, on the character of God. And then she goes into her song of praise. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Mary recognizes that she's just an ordinary person. She's the recipient of God's mercy and grace. She knew the prophecies. And of all the women in all of time, God chose her to birth the Savior into the world. She was just an ordinary teenage girl. She didn't come with a lengthy resume or flashy credentials. She came to the Lord with a humble heart. She was humble and available to serve her Lord. And that's all she needed. See, God has chosen each of us as well. We may not be birthing the Savior, but as God's children, 
were chosen, forgiven, redeemed. We bring word of the Savior to the world. We share his life, his joy, his grace, his mercy, his peace, and his hope to the people around us. Like Mary, we bring nothing of significance to the Lord. But we must recognize all that he has done for us, the same way Mary did. Mary refers to God as her Savior, saying, He has done great things for me. And then she continues to point out all that God has done, showing us why our hope belongs in the Lord. His mercy extends to those who fear him. He performs mighty deeds. He's scattered those who are proud. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but he's lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Just as he promised. She understands that she's being used as an instrument of God. She may not have the full picture of all that will take place, but she has her hope. Hope in a God who is good. Hope in a God who is just and merciful and overflowing with grace for us. She knows that whatever she faces, she's still in a part of God's plan. She understands that he is sovereign, that he's in charge, and that he's the one who takes care of our details. How do we know he takes care of the details? Because our word tells us. Word tells us that not a single sparrow will fall from the sky without God's knowledge. The word tells us that the very hairs on our head are numbered. That's a God that cares about the details. Every detail of our lives. So I ask you this morning, what is God asking you to do? Oftentimes we get a scared, uncomfortable feeling when we hear from God. And we think of all the reasons to say no to God's request. But Lord, it's inconvenient. But Lord, that might hurt. That's painful. Lord, that might take too much time away from the things that I want to do. Lord, that might be too costly for me. God waits for an answer. He doesn't force you to choose him or to choose to grow in him. He simply offers the gift of grace, the gift of mercy, the gift of hope. And just like Mary, we can choose to place our hope in our Savior, praising him for everything he's done, is doing, and will do in our lives. Is he asking you this morning to commit your life to him? Is he asking you to say, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior? Because saying you're a Christian isn't what it's about. You can go through your life and say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. It means nothing until you kneel before the Lord. You say, Lord, please forgive me. I need you in my life. 
I can't do this anymore on my own. Lord, please get me on the right path. It's asking for forgiveness of your sins. Believing that Jesus' death and resurrection paid your debt to God. It's placing your life in his hands because you want your life to count for something. You want your life to have purpose. Maybe that's where you need to start. As we leave this place, let's dig deep into the reality of what it means that God sent his son into our world. Use this season to prepare your heart to focus on the greatest story ever told, the story of God's redeeming love for the world. This season, align your thoughts and your will with the presence of Jesus Christ. Search your heart and determine where you place your hope. Because only when we place our hope in Jesus will we find our way through the darkness. Will we find our way through the chaos and the pain. Because Jesus always makes a way. And there are going to be times where it may not seem like the hope you're holding on to is changing anything. Your heart, your mind might be flooded with concerns and stresses and hardships. Any sign of change in those circumstances sometimes appears slim or even non-existent. But just because you don't see change doesn't mean that God isn't working. He's behind the scenes. He's working inside other people in situations. And we hear that in our God stories. We heard that today. What it does mean is that God is working inside our hearts to teach us and to shape us, becoming more like Christ. Regardless of what is happening at any moment in your life, you still have hope through Christ. Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. See, our hope in Jesus doesn't stop the storms in our life. It doesn't change our situations that we face. Hope changes us. Like an anchor, it holds a ship steady against the wind and waves. Our hope does that for us. It holds us firm and secure in the midst of life's storms. I'll leave you with two verses. Romans 8, 24 through 25. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Father, we thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence with us. We thank you that you bend down to hear our prayers. We thank you that you've given us your word to know you better, Father.
We thank you for your word that reveals your character to us, that reveals your purpose and your plan for our lives. Father, as we leave this place, may we hold on to the hope that we have in Jesus. As we leave this place, may we let our light shine. Let it shine in the darkness, Father. May we bring hope with us as we leave this place. May those that we come in contact to through this week, may they see that hope reflected in our lives. May they see Jesus reflected in our actions and in our words and in our attitudes. Holy Father, in Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.